Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Hello, Simple Church. As Pastor Aaron said, my name's Al Yano, and it's just an honor to be with you guys today. My title is the director of the Ohio Church Multiplication Network, but I am your brother in Christ. I am your family. I am a part of the body of Christ, and I am really happy to be connected with Simple Church. I just love and respect Pastor Aaron and Shanda and the whole team at Simple Church. I mean, everything from eating super fiery hot gummy bears to preaching the gospel and doing a quality job online with both children's ministry as well as church. So I just love what you guys are doing. It's an honor to be a part of your team and celebrate with you today. So thank you, Pastor Aaron, for trusting me to share God's word with you this morning. And I just want to begin by giving you a passage out of Joshua chapter six. And so we're going to be kind of visiting the whole chapter, Joshua chapter six. And the title of my message today is called Transformed by Transition. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about the transformation process that takes place that they call metamorphosis when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. But it's it's quite an interesting transformation. First, you got this, this caterpillar that's born, and they say in the first stage of a caterpillar's life, all it does is eat. I mean, eat and eat and eat. And a caterpillar can grow actually a hundred times its original um seed when it was born during this stage of growth. That's just wild. And so during that stage of eating, the caterpillar does nothing but grow. But there comes a point when it's fully grown that a caterpillar hangs upside down and spins a silk cocoon. And in that cocoon, the first thing to happen is the caterpillar inside that silk cocoon begins to digest itself. That's right. It begins to digest itself. It secretes these enzymes that begin to break down the constituency of the caterpillar all the way down to its, its molecular cells. And the, the uh, scientists will tell you that in the cocoon, as it's breaking down and digesting itself, there's cells, certain cells survive the digestive process and it becomes this soupy, mushy type of thing. And those cells begin to develop. They turn into eyes. They turn into wings. They turn into antennas. And there's like this rebirthing. Yeah, this rebirthing inside the cocoon. And tiny wings will develop and, and antennas will develop. And then the next thing you know, a full body emerges out of the cocoon. And it becomes a, a butterfly, a beautiful butterfly. That is amazing how this transition of breaking down every part of the substance of a caterpillar and then rebuilding it into a whole different uh, creature that can fly called a butterfly. I want you to know that God uses these times of transition in our life where life can seem like it's breaking us down. Life can seem like it's wearing us out and like we have nothing left to give and the way that things used to be don't look anything like that anymore. And how could God make anything out of this chaos? But God 
use this transition to bring about a transformation to make us better. And so this morning, I want to talk about the message uh, transformed through transition. Now, you know as well as I do that 2020 was a year of transition. It was a year of shifting all throughout the culture. And we, we know that the COVID crisis of 2020 has changed the way that we live. It's changed the way that we do business. It's changed the way that we do life. It's changed the way that we do school. It's changed the way that we do church. And I know because I, I've been really trying to connect with Simple Church ever since COVID hit. And I was like, Pastor Aaron, I, I want to connect with your church on a deeper level. And here, Simple Church had to made this big shift to being online. And life has changed for you guys. But I, I want you to understand that, that change is not necessarily a bad thing because God transforms us through transition. And we know there were a lot of other things that took place in the culture this year. There, there was the, the George Floyd incident that once again ignited this whole conversation and tension and, and shifted the way that we handle race relationships in our nation. And then you add to that the presidential elections. And we all know that God, God, God is not Republican and God is not Democrat, that God is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But the presidential elections and every single time a new president is elected seems to bring this shift in the culture. And all of a sudden life looks different based upon who's in the White House. Well, I want you just to grab a hold of, of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. Because I believe that God will use transition to bring about transformation. Let's take a look at Joshua chapter 6. Here we go in Joshua chapter 6. There were several different transitions that were taking place in this chapter. For instance, Israel was, they had shifted from being these wilderness wanderers, these slaves that had been slaves for 400 years, and now all of a sudden they wandered through the desert for 40 years, and they were about to shift and become the owners and the occupiers of the promised land. There was a shift in their position. Not only that, is there was a shift in leadership. Joshua, he had been like this warrior. He had been the one who was following Moses, the second in command. Now God says, hey, Moses is dead. You're the leader. You're the man. You're going to lead my people into Israel. So you got this shift going on with the nation. We got this shift going on with the leadership. And then, and then you have this shift going on geographically because they were crossing the river and entering into a season where when they were in the wilderness, that season God was always providing for them. Now they're going into this new season and God says, I'm going to provide for you, but I'm going to cause you to have to work for it. And I'm going to win victories for you, but you're going to have to fight for them. And I believe that as we trace through the story of Joshua chapter six, and I'm, I'm getting there right now, we need to understand that we can be transformed rather than traumatized by transition, by allowing the Holy Spirit to empower us in three key ways. So let's start by reading verses one and two and kind of get into the meat of this message. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because the Israelites were outside and no one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, here's the word I want you to grab onto, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. The first thing I want you to understand how God transforms us by his spirit is he gives us spirit-filled vision. 
You see, when you're in the midst of transition and, and, and there's chaos going on and things don't seem to make sense, you have to have this God-anointed, Holy Spirit-driven, Holy Spirit-filled ability to see what you can't see. Because God is doing something behind the scenes of what we sometimes experience in our humanity. God is working in the heavenlies. And we have to ask the Lord to help us to see not with human eyes, but with spirit eyes. So here you go. Let's let's break this story down. You got Israel who had traveled 40 years in the desert and they're on the brink of the promised land. And I'm sure there were these feelings going through their mind like, oh, my goodness, look at the size of these walls. Look how huge this city is. Look at all those people. Look at the warriors. Look at the giants in the land. And I'm sure it was going through Israel's mind because of what they were seeing thinking we will never be able to get to get into that city. We'll never be able to get into that city. But at the same time, on the outside of the on the inside of the wall, there were the inhabitants of Jericho. And they're looking at this huge army and this massive uh, millions of people that God had preserved and brought through the desert. They're remembering the stories that they were told of the miracles that God did. And they're thinking, oh, my goodness, we'll never be able to keep these people out. So you got one one group afraid that they'll never be able to get in and the other group afraid that they'll never be able to keep them out. And it's just a matter of learning how to see with heavenly eyes because the Lord was trying to help Joshua and Israel see this challenge that was before them. But this required them to have spiritual vision. God will allow challenges to come into your life to give you a greater vision of who he is. So what do you do when what you see with your human eyes does not match what God is saying to your spirit? What do you do when you're Gideon and you're hiding in the wine press and, and the Midianites are out there raiding the cities and, and, and murdering people and destroying your crops and God, God is calling you a mighty warrior and you're looking in the mirror and saying, how am I a mighty warrior? I, I'm a fearful person. I'm the least in my family. And my family is despised in the whole nation. You're calling me. What I see and what you're saying doesn't match. I, I, I'm thinking of Moses standing at the Red Sea and there's Moses at the Red Sea. And, and he sees at the sea in front of him and he sees Egypt behind him coming to destroy him. He sees an ambush and God's saying, I'm setting you free. And Moses is saying, that's not what I see. I feel like you're killing me. I could see the picture of the disciples at the cross. Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He's, he's telling them that I'm going to die, but I'm going to, I'm going to come alive again. In their mind, all they see is crucifixion. And in their mind, they're thinking, it's over. That's a wrap. It's done. He's gone. But Jesus says, I'm, I'm not about crucifixion. I'm about resurrection. And I can imagine what it was like for them to hear Jesus say one thing but see something totally different. You may be like this. You may be saying, look, Lord, I know, I know you're Jehovah Rapha. I know you're the God who heals, but, but COVID, COVID's bigger than all of us. It's killed millions of people. And, you know, and you get all nervous about what COVID might do or can do, but what about what God said he will do? You may, you may be that person that says, Lord, I know you said you're, you're Jehovah Jireh. 
and you'll provide for me as I steward and as I work and as I give generously. But Lord, my bank account's at zero. I just lost my job. I got laid off. This is what I see. But God's saying, but do you believe what I said? I know that that even in your church here at Simple Church, you, you know, you're you're hearing Pastor Aaron saying, hey, we're vision. We're on mission. We're moving. And 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 you're hearing him say that. And he, he's speaking faith into you. But some of you say we don't have a building. But God's saying, I never called my church to be a building. I called it to be a movement. And so sometimes you've got to understand that you need to learn to see with heavenly eyes. So the Lord wants us to see our situation well. Let me just give you a, a real quick story, and then I'm going to move on to the second point. During, during the, 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 this whole COVID thing, I'm the church multiplication director for the uh, Ohio Ministry Network. So we had several churches, like 12 churches that were supposed to plant in 2020. And all of them hit the wall because they were going to plant right around spring when an Easter hit. And COVID just canceled all of that and made, made them make shifts. And, and one, one church in particular I was really proud of is they were just getting ready to plant. They had spent a whole year being embedded in the community. They were doing after-school programs. Uh, they were engaged with the kids. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit, and they couldn't do anything. And the church, I remember the school system called this church up, and they only had a team of like 20 people. They were just building their team. And and, this, and the uh, city called them up and says, hey, you've been working with our school kids um, COVID caused us to have to shut down, but we got to get these kids some meals. They, they need to be fed. These kids need to have some meals for lunch and meals for dinner, uh, during the school days. And we don't have anyone to organize it. Would you guys organize it? That church just happened to say this year, our theme is the year of yes. And so that church in Newton Falls, they didn't even have their first church service. All they had were 20 volunteers and they had no money yet. And they said, yeah, we'll feed every kid in the school system. Five days a week, two meals. But when we do this, they told the school system, you're going to give glory to God. And lo and behold, that, that team was able to say yes to God and step into that difficult moment and say, God, I know what I see, but I also know what you say. And you called us to go forward in this time. In fact, they're called Forward Ministries. And that church started feeding those kids five days a week one year ago when COVID started. And they just now stopped feeding them a few weeks ago when the school went into full-time uh, in-person uh, school. They have been feeding that school for just about a year. How did that happen? The community got around them and they saw the way that God was moving and bringing in thousands and thousands of dollars. And the community started saying, hey, we'll volunteer. The teacher said, hey, we'll volunteer. By the time they got to launch, they launched last week, they had the community asking them, when are you going to start this church? Come on now, that's God. They went from we're closing the doors, this can't possibly happen, to okay, we're going to be yes people in our community to now the community saying we need you that's when you have to learn how to see with god's size vision now i, I want to talk to you about the second point which is called spirit driven tenacity you you got to have a strong determination you you can't stop before you're finished and that's the second thing you got to do if if you want to uh be transformed by transition let's take a look at verses 6 through 16. And it says this, so he, and that's Joshua, had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. 
Then the people returned to the camp and spent the night there. See, Joshua had been told by God, all right, here's what I want you to do. Here's the strategy to defeat it, uh, Jericho. I want you to get all the people and you're going to get the worshipers up front. You're going to have the army there. You're going to have the people there. And rather than rushing into the city, I want you to walk around the city and begin to worship me. And so they walked around the city that first night. And I could see them probably sitting around the campfire since they returned to camp. They're sitting around and probably some of them said, I don't know what that was all about. Maybe it was about reconnaissance. And then tomorrow, you know, we're going in. So I hope you guys got a good view of the city. We're going in tomorrow. Then verse 12 says, Joshua got up early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord, blowing the trumpets. The arms, the armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the camp and returned, they marched around the city and returned to the camp. Oh my goodness. They were like, okay, what's going on here? How many times are we going to just walk around in circles? I thought God said he was going to defeat Jericho. The Bible goes on to say this they did for six days. Six days they walked around that city, never once doing anything to attack it. And then the Bible says on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. Like, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, I like movement, but I don't like movement in circles. So, like, you get me doing the same thing without results, and then you're going to get me saying, hey, this is crazy, because the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But that's not what God said. He said, you keep walking, and you keep circling the city. The point that I'm trying to make is what would have happened if they stopped after six times around that city? Because you all know what happened the seventh time. You all know when they walked around that wall the seventh time that the, the city began to vibrate and the earth began to quake and the walls began to fall and, and the army went rushing in and they defeated that city supernaturally by the spirit of God's power. But what would have happened, my friend, if they stopped before they finished? I see too many people, when it comes to their faith, as soon as the going gets tough, they bail. I didn't sign up for this, God. There's no way I can do this. You can't be in this, God. You know, sometimes God's in the struggle. Sometimes God's in the battle. You got to push to the finish line. I'm going to tell you a little story about myself. We're going to put a, put a little picture of, of me up here in just a minute. But I remember it was 2014, and I had just gone through a really bad illness. I had pancreatitis, acute pancreatitis, and I was totally debilitated by it. In fact, I had spent three months in the hospital from this disease. It had put me, made me so sick and broke down my organs that I ended up on a respirator for 14 days in a coma. So my body was racked and broken. Three surgeries later and three months in the hospital and I didn't eat for three months. They, they fed me through a tube. Now let me tell you something, when you're an Italian and you have to smell your family eating meatballs and all you're not even I wasn't even allowed to eat ice cubes. I mean, that's just crazy. And uh, so that was suffering. You know, that's why I like food so much today. But that's a side story. Anyways, after that whole journey, I, I believe that God was leading me to my resurrection story. And I decided that I was going to run a 5K. And so I began to to say, hey, I'm going to this is my resurrection story. God healed me. I'm on my way back. 
And I began training for this 5K. Now, you got to understand, I could not even walk one block down the street without having to go back to bed. That's, that's where I started. And about two months later, I was able to run 3.2 miles or 3.5 miles. And I got into this 5K race that was raising money uh, for our inner city ministry that we were doing called HeartReach. Get into the race. I kid you not. Now, this, the athleticism in me just kicked in and I'm at the, I'm at the starting line. Now, I'd never run five miles in my life, but here I go. And the, and, and the whistle went off and everybody took off running. And I just set my pace. I said, I'm going to set my pace. The problem was there was this little nine year old kid. Nine year old kid comes flying past me, looks back and says, I'm going to crush you, preacher. And that's all it took. I mean, it's on now. This kid is not, this nine-year-old kid is not going to talk to me like that. And so I took off running. I'm chasing this kid down and I passed him up because, you know, I'm the man. And I started sprinting past him and we got about a mile into the race and my body was like, no, I don't think so. I had overdone it. I had overexerted my energy and my body was starting to say, you know, bro, you ain't going to make it through at this pace. And I had to slow myself down and, and I got into a rhythm and the, that little boy came flying past me and kind of flipped his nose at me and said, go for it, preacher, and just took off. There I was. I had hit a wall. I was exhausted. The, the adrenaline had worn off. I thought I was dying right there. I was like, okay, just, just take me home. Give me oxygen. Take me to the hospital. I was about a mile from the finish line. I had gone two miles. I was a mile from the finish line. And two guys from my church who had already finished the race, they were avid runners. They came running all the way back to me and they began to run alongside me. And they began to speak to me. Come on, pastor. Come on, pastor. Don't you give up on us. This is your resurrection story. Come on, pastor. Push through the pain. Come on, pastor. Take one more step. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. And you know, they talked in my ear and they ran alongside me all the way to the finish line. <laughs> and I tell you what, I was, when, man, I, I ran across that finish line. You think I won the Olympic gold medal. They were cheering. Yeah, yeah, go, go. And I was lifting my hands like I was like I was Rocky Balboa. I'm telling you, I thought I was Rocky Balboa that just won the big fight. But it felt so good to finish. But what would have happened if I gave up? What would have happened if I quit? Maybe a half a mile into it, two miles into it, even three miles into it. What would have happened if those two people weren't running alongside me? And I know it looks like it's really difficult for you. And I know sometimes the, the, there's, it's just difficult to keep pressing on. But I, I want you to know that the challenge and the pain is really God's way of strengthening you in, in a deeper way and helping you to finish the race he has set for you. Three things I want to tell you real quick, move on to the, to the next point. But three ways that God prepares us through pain, the grind, the grind, sometimes it, it, it would be nice if, if we didn't have to just keep, work so hard at this thing. But sometimes you just got to grind through it. I want you to know something. You're closer to your breakthrough than you think you are. But you got to keep going. You got to take the next step. You got to keep pushing. Also, the uncomfortable. God will make you uncomfortable. Imagine how uncomfortable and vulnerable the, the Jews felt as they were walking around the walls of Jericho. People throwing pop cans at them. People throwing garbage at them. People shouting insults at them. It must have been pretty uncomfortable walking around those walls but not getting the fight. I want to tell you something. 
Biblical discipleship, taking up your cross and following Jesus is uncomfortable. In fact, I'm going to say it this way. I may get, I may get thrown off this, this uh, broadcast, but I want to tell you that biblical discipleship is not compatible with the American dream. So if you're chasing the American dream and you want to follow Jesus, it's not going to work. The best thing that you can do and the best life you can live is to follow his instructions. If any man wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And the third way that God helps us push through the pain and develop and become strong is, is time. God uses time. That's right. God uses time. And some of you even at Simple Church and even the team, maybe the lead team now, I want to encourage you right now. I felt as I was praying for you this morning before I shared this word, I felt like God was saying, don't let time, don't let the, the time is measured in minutes. But life is measured in moments. And don't let the time and the length and the struggle of what's next cause you to forget what's now. That's a word for you. Don't miss your moment. You gotta push through the pain. You gotta finish what you started. And finally, I wanna jump to verse five because this is really key too. Verse five and verse 20, Joshua 6. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up and every man will go straight in. Verse 20, when the trumpets sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. The last thing that the spirit wants to do is we want to have a spirit-fueled mandate. We want to speak with authority and anointing through our lives and through our words. When you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a transition, it is so important that you watch what comes out of your mouth and that it's directed by heaven and that you watch how you live your life and it's lived out with the authority and anointing of God. You want to have a shout with clout. Let me tell you, I mean, you, you saw the story there that it mentioned shout several times if you read the text. But there's something significant about that shout. And we know that when they shouted, the walls came down. So what was it that was so significant about that, about that shout? When they, when they spoke those words and when they shouted, what was so significant? Was it the volume? Was it, what was it? I, I want to tell you that in the scriptures, there's, there's three things about a shout that really brought God's anointing and God's authority into a situation. The first thing was the shout in scripture was a declaration of God's lordship. It was a declaration of God's lordship. So many times when they shouted in scripture, they were shouting, long live the king, Jesus is Lord. It was the kind of shout that the people gave when there was a king in their presence. And I want you to know something. The most important thing that we could do as a church to make a statement, to shout as loud as we can, is to worship the king. When we lift up our voices in worship and lift up our lives and expressions of worship, when we together as the church, I'm saying together, not separately, I'm saying corporately, whether it's online or whether it's in a group in a home or whether it's in a citywide movement, we need to begin to worship God together and declare his lordship over our community. That's when God moves. Secondly, the shout in scriptures was a declaration of war. Every time the nation of Israel would go to war, they would raise up the banner. They called it the banner, which represented God's presence. And they would shout the army of the Lord. 
and they would charge into battle. It was a battle cry. It was a signal to charge. No more circling around, no more retreating, charge into the city. It was a battle cry of faith. And I want to ask you something. Does your life show that you are charging forward and fighting for God or running away and giving the devil territory? We need to understand that there's a battle that we're in right now. That battle is fought in a declaration of war. How do we fight the war? In prayer. How do we fight the war? By being a gospel witness to people and our community. How do we fight the war? By joining together with God's church and working in kingdom activity. Matthew eleven twelve says, The days of John the Baptist until now, the heavens suffer violence, but the violence take it by force. And then one more thing about the shot, it was a declaration of unity. There was a multitude of warriors that were speaking with one voice. Oh, that's powerful. God is calling his church not to speak the message of the culture, not to, not to get our marching orders from what we're reading on the internet or what we're feeling or what our family's saying or, or what's popular or what the music's saying that we listen to. God is calling us to get our marching orders from heaven and he has declared that his authority is always stamped on a unified church. So do, does our life and does our life together as a church speak of unity or disunity? What do the words of your mouth and the actions of your life speak? Because the authority of God will be on it. Now, I'm going I'm to close this out with a quick story. And uh, this is my story. This is my victory story. So I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. We did, uh, for many years, my wife and I, 28 years, we did inner city ministry. We ran a nonprofit called HeartReach. And then we started a church, an inner city multicultural church right in the heart of the city. It was called Metro Assembly. During that time, so many things happened, so many miracles of God. But one miracle I want to tell you about real quick. Uh, we had, a, we had a, an incredible season of, of violence that took place in our city, specifically on the south side. And uh, during that time, there were several homicides in our neighborhood. And these homicides were taking place with younger people. And I remember that uh, we were very upset about it because the people who live in that city deserve to have safe neighborhoods. So we called a meeting, we brought together all these churches, we brought together the police chief, we brought together the block watches, and I represented the pastors. And I remember, man, I had this real attitude, I was like really fired up that day, this prophetic voice. And, and I remember pointing at the police chief and said, the people in this neighborhood deserve to be able to go outside and eat and have a picnic and live in safety without bullets flying, without drive-bys happening, and you need to make these neighborhoods safer. What are you going to do about it? I did it just like that, and I remember the police chief pointed right back at me and said, hey, pastor, what are you going to do about it? Aren't you the man of faith? <laughs> don't you have God on your side? And he said, I'll tell you what, pastor, why don't we work together? I'll, I'll, bring my, I'll bring whatever resources I have to this neighborhood and I'll work with you, but I want you and your friends here, all your churches, to get outside the four walls of your building and I want you to go into these streets and I want you to preach the same faith you, built, you preach in that building to these streets and let's see if together we can increase the peace in this community. Well, that turned into a movement, my friend. I, I can't tell you the whole story behind it, but that summer we had 13 outreaches all around the city of Youngstown called 
increased the peace rallies. The police department showed up at every single one of them and they provided all the entertainment, they, they, I mean, uh, all the food, they paid for the food and they paid for all the equipment. They gave us $20,000 that summer to run these things. We brought in 10 different churches and several different nonprofits and we had gospel ministry going on in the 12, the 13 most violent areas of our city. We brought gospel ministry and I want you to know son, at the end of that summer, we saw violent crime decrease in our city through statistics by the police department. Violent crime decreased in our city by 75% in three months. My friend, that became a movement called Now Youngstown, and they're still doing that today. My, what am I trying to say is God puts his authority upon his unified church. When we come together and we say, this is a sore issue, this is a problem issue in our community, and we're gonna apply the kingdom and we're gonna apply the gospel, then God will bring about transformation. Okay, I wanna pray with you this, this morning. I wanna pray with you about having spirit-filled vision. Spirit-filled vision. I wanna pray with you about having spirit-driven tenacity. And I want to pray with you about having uh, a spirit anointed mandate. And then I want to ask you guys a question. So let's pray first those three prayers. And I'm going to ask you a question at the end. Father God, I pray for every person that's watching and every person that's hearing your word right now. That you would help them to see what they don't see. I pray that regardless of their circumstance and situation, they would see with eyes of faith and they would begin to listen to your voice and believe what you say rather than what they see. Give us heavenly vision. Father God, I also pray for people today, Lord God, that are at that breaking point. They're at that point, Lord, they're weary, they're tired, they're, the struggle is real. You said, come to me all you are weary and heavy burden and I will give you rest. But Lord, sometimes rest comes when we take that next step and we just keep pressing. And then you give us the energy to take the next step. And so I pray this morning you would help people to keep moving towards the promise that you set for them. People to keep advancing and pushing through the pain of the challenges. I pray for this church, Simple Church, that they, Lord God, would see the finish line, focus on it, but they would also see the next step and focus on that. They would press through and keep moving one step at a time. And then finally, Lord, I pray for a spirit of unity. I pray that the words that come out of our mouth would glorify and honor you, that the way that we live our lives and demonstrate our lives Lord God would bring glory to your name. And then I pray together as a church. I pray for simple church that they would walk in a spirit of unity in worship and a spirit of unity, Lord God, in prayer and in intercession and in warfare prayer and a spirit of unity in expression by bringing the gospel to their community. And then I pray for the greater body of Christ around Columbus that we, Lord God, would understand that we are not in competition with each other, we're in competition with hell, and that we would come together and realize that we're better together as a mighty army of God, bringing the gospel to our, to our community in Jesus' name. Now, just before I leave, I, I believe that there's someone here right now that, that you 
have not put your complete faith in God, you're still playing it safe. It's like you're dipping your foot in the water, but you're not willing to jump in. Today's your moment. Either you're gonna believe what God says that he loves you, that he has a purpose for your life, and that he will see you through to that purpose, and you're gonna to have to put your faith in him, or you're gonna be stuck where you're at or even end up moving backwards. So if you're ready today to commit your faith to Jesus and make him the Lord of your life and say, God, I trust you with my life, and you're ready to just dive in, I know Simple Church will come alongside you, and I know the Holy Spirit will, will dwell and live in you and help you. God will, God will be your strength, but if you're, it, it requires you to put your faith in him. So if you're ready to dive in, I want you just to pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you so much that you never give up on me. And I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again so that I can live my life in victory, surrender to you, submit it to you, and have purpose and have direction as I walk by faith. I surrender my life to you, Jesus, and I pray that you would make me a brand new person by the way I think, by the way I speak, and by the way I live. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for transforming me. And thank you, Jesus, for giving me purpose. In your name I pray, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for letting me share today. It's been a great being with you, Simple Church. And now I'm gonna turn it over to Pastor Aaron as he closes out the service. Hey, listen, if you're here today and you made a commitment, maybe maybe you're making a decision to say yes for Jesus. Maybe, maybe you made a decision to take your next steps. Maybe that means that, hey, you're ready to get baptized. Uh, you, you wanna get involved. Uh, you wanna know more about our church. We have so many things for you to be able to take your next steps in. And so the way you do that is you fill out a digital connect card. In fact, if you'll do that, if it's your first time with us, uh, the way to do that is if you're in our online campus, there's a button that says uh, digital connect card, click on that button. If you're uh, watching anywhere else or listening, there's, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, and uh, so you can you can click on that there. It'll give us all your information. We promise we aren't gonna sell it. We're not gonna harass you either. We just wanna help you take your next steps. And if you're brand new to our spiritual family because you said yes to Jesus today, man, we wanna get you started in the right direction and walk with you because uh, you're not meant to do this journey alone. We wanna make sure you got a Bible and that you get connected to all that we're doing here at Simple Church and how uh, all the ways that we believe that God wants to uh, begin working in your life. So. Uh, let us join you in that journey. So fill out that digital connect card. Uh, as we wrap up today's service, uh, this is an excellent time for you to take an opportunity to give. Now, if you're a guest with us, you're under no obligation to give. We're really just glad that you guys are here with us today. Um, but for those of you that have come prepared to do that, thank you so much for doing that. Um, I wanna remind you that, you know, Al is from the Ohio Church Multiplication Network, and there is a percentage of every dollar that is given that goes directly to them on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, we give to them. So. Your giving is making a difference. It's investing in church planners, not only on an individual level, but we're helping start churches across Ohio and across the country as well. So thank you so much for doing that. We believe that one of the greatest differences 
that uh, that can be made in a community is through a local church. And uh, so you're helping plant churches and changing communities, how they function, how they uh, how they're growing. You are making a lasting impact. And I'm so proud of you, Simple Church. I want to say thank you for doing that. Remember also that if, if uh, you're taking some steps and you want to share your story, I'd love to hear that. Click on the Digital Connect card, share your story. Those come directly to me. They're a great encouragement to me, but they're also stories that need to be shared. And we want to share your story. Give us the opportunity to do that. Hey, listen, guys, I love you. I thank you so much for uh, for your time and your attention today. I hope that what Al shared ministered to your spirit today. Join us next week as we continue in this series called Voices. God bless you guys.